We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. It's about a thing. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. What up? What up? What up? Brunch culture. <laughs> Brunch culture. I sound so late. I sound late. I'm glad you said it. I didn't want to say it. No. <laughs> I was like, what? A, as I was saying it, as it was leaving my mouth, I was like, what, in Lisa? Right now, what is going on? Yeah, it's you know sometimes we have those moments though. It's all like, you know, anybody gonna judge you. Uh, <laughs> so this week, Lisa and I had a great conversation with Nikesia Pinnell. She's the creator and writer of a new web series called Men Are Crazy Too, which is broadcast through the website thisisrnb.com, which is a huge website for R&B music. I use it all the time to get the latest R&B music that's premiering, learn about new artists, everything. So. To not deprive you guys of anything, we wanted to make this entire show about Nikesia, her story, the web series Men Are Crazy Too, This Is R&B. So we want you guys to get into this episode and be sure to check out the premiere of Men, and, Men Are Crazy Too, which is going to be this Wednesday, 1021 at 730 p.m. on com. All right, let's get into it. All right, guys, so today we have the incredibly, incredibly special and talented creator, director, writer, just all-around superwoman, Miss Nikesia Pinnell. Welcome to the show, Kesey. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. It's definitely an honor to be able to come on and speak with you guys. That's what's we up. Got... Thank you for being here. I'm excited. Yeah, you are. You were like thing. You are Mrs. This r and like... We just glad that we can have you on little old brunch culture. <laughs> now, please don't boost me up that much. My my rent's still due on the first and late on the fourth, so you know. <laughs> we got to this at our old my old apartment complex. We had to the seventh before it was late. Oh, look at y'all! Y'all blessed. That's Yo, real money over there. Maryland, they have until like the tenth or something like that. It's like yeah, it's I wish. not to the tenth, and like it's late on like the seventeenth or some crap. Like it's something real weird. Like what? Yeah, so don't nobody get evicted. Yeah, <laughs> right. and nobody pay on the first either. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kesey, again, we we know you have this web series that's coming out. Um, Men are crazy too, so we are gonna get into that. But I want to start off with just kicking off with your story. Um, I'm always I share this with people all the time. Just your story from going from like the corporate world to becoming like a full time writer and just following your path and chasing your dreams. Um, and I think that's something that everybody can can benefit from. Young professionals can need to hear because oftentimes we're trying to balance the world of well, we have degrees and we have like this professional life, but on the side we like to do some other things. So let's kick off with that. Tell us how you got how you became a writer and got to where you are as a writer. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is like, ever since I was a kid, I kind of, I like just kind of knew like what my calling was, you know what I mean? Like I learned how to read at an early age. My mom told me that at the age of like three or four, I was reading, you know, like reading well books. So wow, it was one of those things where it was kind of like, okay, you know, you know, you're gifted in these areas. By the fifth grade, I was deemed gifted. I might not have acted like it, but I... <laughs> <laughs> That's <not right. laughs> 
by the fifth grade, you know, I was being gifted and, you know, I was um, in accelerated classes. I kind of denied my accelerated classes in um, middle school because I didn't want to go into the classes that didn't, that I didn't get to sit at lunch with my friends because the gifted classes had to sit at a different table. So I told my mom I didn't want to take the classes. But, you know, eventually I kind of just fell into it and I accepted it. But by middle school, I was writing poetry. I was the president of SGA in the eighth grade. Um you know, just doing a lot of things and, of course, like still being active as far as like playing sports and stuff. I think by the time I had got to high school, um, you know, I I had won a few awards in high school, but by the time I like got up to my 12th grade year, um, I was struggling. I was struggling with a lot of stuff. I was struggling with some at-home stuff. Me and my mom were not vibing well. Like, it was, you know how they get at that certain point. It's like, it's my way or you get the H out my house. So I was like, all right. Right. So I had to kind of find that median ground where it was like, all right, well, let me let me figure out how I can make this work for my mom. And, you know, originally I wanted to go to FSU. That was like my dream school. Um, my best friend and I, his name is Reggie. I've known him ever since I was like nine or ten. We had agreed, like, we're going to go to this school together. We're going to major and all of this stuff. And then I, I got him to apply to college because he never wanted to apply. Finally got him to apply. He got into FSU. I never applied. So <laughs> I ended up applying to UCF the um, spring break of my senior year. And I think I had like bombed my ACT or I thought I did my ACT and my SAT. I guess I got the scores wrong, like how what you were supposed to get. But I actually had a really good high score. So I thought, man, I'm not going to go to college. And then I remember sitting in my English class and somebody was like, why aren't you going to go? Like you're top 10% of the class, you're in honors classes, like, you know, you got all this stuff. And I was like, I got 25 on my ACT. And they were like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think at the time it was either a 26 or a 28 where you could get the the 100% Bright Future Scholarship. Right, right. And I, like, mm-hmm. I, got and I think the 21 was for 75%. And I was like, yo, I got I got a, I got a 25. And they were like, bro, like, what you mean you're not going to college? You're straight. So then after that, I applied, and then, you know, I hadn't applied to FSU and all that stuff, so I applied to UCF, and I wanted to go for the journalism school, but you have to apply to get into that school, and, you know, like I said, I had so much going on, that I was like, I'm going to flunk out. So that taught me, the, I think, one of the, the first lessons as far as, like, settling, because I settled for what I thought would be the best, and the, mm-hmm. at the time the best for me was going to get a dual degree in psychology and criminal justice because I, I loved kids and I wanted to help. Mm-hmm. So I right. thought, well, let me just settle for this because I can't get that one thing that I want. You know, I went through, I got my degrees and I, I got out of there, but it was like something was still missing. Like I knew something wasn't right. I, at the time I was working for the hospital, the local hospital, and I was just so depressed. Like I was applying for all these different jobs and nobody was calling me back and I was like yo this what it means to get a college degree like y'all can take this back (laughs) back. I don't want it I mean thankfully I didn't have any loans I paid out of pocket and I had a scholarship but like you know I want my money back I want all of my coins back if I'm not going to get no job so you know I struggled with that for a long time and then I think it was around 2011 I got this breakthrough with this local uh website called cultureclimax.com and like I feel like I owe a lot of where I am right now to them because Vanessa gave me a chance that nobody else was giving me. Like, she literally was like, you know, I see your vision. You're dope. Like, I like what you do. I like how you pay attention to the culture of music. 
and it took off from there. Like I literally, from there, I started working with another um, Orlando-based magazine called Brink Mag, and Kyle Maynard gave me the, uh, a big break with that too. Like you know, when we when Orlando had um, the All Star Weekend there in 2012, like you know, I was covering red carpet events up there. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know. But, you know, like, they they gave me so much in such a short time that, like, I think that it's always good to have people who are more confident in you sometimes than you are in yourself because it shows you your worth. It pushes you. And it's good to, yeah, it pushes you to want to live up to where they see your potential at. So I'm always very appreciative of Kyle and Vanessa because without them, I don't know if I would, I'm not going to say I wouldn't be here, but, like, it would be very much so delayed. and Right. You know, from that, I went on and I um, got with that great juice. Sam over at that great juice, he had a female-driven platform that he was developing called She Is Diva. And, you know, he, he picked me up from that. That was in July 2012. And, you know, earlier in that year, I had made a decision that I was going to go back to school. Like, I'm not doing this no more. Like, I'm not going to be miserable. And it's crazy because whatever God has for you, it'll come back around full circle. And I ended up going to get my master's from full cell and creative writing for entertainment. And it taught me, you know, different aspects of writing. It taught me how to write scripts. It taught me how to really expand my creativity because one of the things that I've learned is that I can't work behind a desk. I'm not a nine to five person. If something is blocking my creativity, it makes me very depressed and it makes me very miserable. So I have mm-hmm. to have one of those things where I'm always moving around and I'm always able to expand my thoughts and able to really put into place like, okay, yo, I have this idea. Like, how can we make this come to life? And sitting behind a desk at a nine to five, they don't let you do that. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, if you're lucky enough to have a job that lets you be creative, then by all means. But for me, I wasn't blessed with that opportunity. Every job that I had was like limiting me to these are your job duties. This is what you have to do. All that other stuff you got going on. No way. So I struggled so much and taking, you know, my getting my master's at full cell definitely helped me kind of break out from that. Oh, well, all right. Let me, let me just sit here and, and close in whatever thoughts I have because I was able to understand that, I'm a creative visionary. Everything right. that I have, I, I see everything. It's not just like an idea. Oh, this is cool. Like I see every word that I write, I see it. I envision it. So it's mm-hmm. one of those things where like I'm very blessed in that area. So, you know, from from there, from going back to Full Sail, writing with She is Diva, I just one day just, it was in December of 2012, and I was like, you know what? I need something new for the new year. And I started reaching out to blogs, I mean, everybody that you could probably think of. And the one that wrote back was, this is R&B. And they were like literally the only people that that wrote back. And my editor, Jamie, he he called me probably like a day after he reached, after, you know, he responded back to the email. And we talked. And it was a slow progress for me because I was still in graduate school. I was working as a publicist at, you know, a great agency back in Orlando. I didn't have the time. So it was like the stuff that I was doing, it was small here, small there. But then like I look back and it's two, almost three years later. And I moved from being a random contributor to a person that was doing interviews to now being the assistant editor. You know what I mean? So I literally have grown. When people tell you that it's not possible, like 
I look at the things that God has blessed me with, and I'm like, no, it's very much so possible. Because people mm-hmm. fight their whole lives to get a position at, you know, a, a soul trade award-winning site like right. this. And, and, and then even then, like, being a part of that team, that founding team that was able to get, that was our first nomination, and we won that year. So to be able to say, like, I was a part of that team, like, that just showed me that God knew what he was doing when he took me up through there. When I thought it was like, dang, he about to, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Like, you know, it's just one of those things where it was like, God made sure to bring it all back full circle. Everything that you see, he got to put it in your heart for no reason. So like, right. if you feel like, you know what, this is something that, that I want to do, like, it might not happen right now, but it's going to happen right then. So it took me six years to come back around to the whole writing thing. But it came back around and, and I've been blessed so much in areas where it's just like, dang, dog, like I never, I never imagined that I would be here saying, oh, I'm, I'm this or I'm doing this. So, you know, my journey, especially in the writing realm, wasn't easy. And I think that's what a lot of people fail to realize. Like you think, oh, it's going to be so easy. I'm, I, I know how to write. So this is going to be great. Like, nah, it don't work like that. Like, <laughs> right, you, right. you wake up one day and it might seem cool, but then like it, 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 you have your moments where there's plenty of free work I did. I didn't get paid for a lot of stuff I did. Like, it just literally to build up your resume, you got to be ready to like put in that work and really just take a sit, like wait until it, your time comes. Exactly. And pay your dues. I think that's one of the things that just hearing you talk from your stories kind of sticks out for me is that oftentimes in our time and people always say it and I kind of tread lightly, you know, with saying this about our generation, but we want things now. We want things in an instant, mm-hmm. right? People always say yeah. we're the microwave generation. And a part of that, there is some truth to it. But I do believe I'm the person that argues that, you know, there's a lot of we have a lot of heart. We have we're very we have degrees and we went out and we worked hard. So we feel like we're doing. But one of the things that I'm reminded of is you have to pay your dues. You have to pay. Yes. Your dues. There are things that a textbook can't teach you. There are things that you're not just going to learn from just saying like, oh, well, I saw such and such do it, so I'm going to do it here. I think about even with brunch culture, how we've kind of, how we've been able to grow and progressively get better over time. And that just comes from simply paying our dues. So I think it's dope. And I think with everything that you said, that's one of the things that's sticking out for me is like with everything that you said, it's been a, it's been a build up, a build up, and it's still, uh, you know, you're still climbing up, but within it, you're still paying your dues, and that's how you're able to have the success that you have. Yeah, and that's encouraging. I was just um, <clears throat> talking to a mentor um, of mine, and it was funny because, like, four years ago, I sat in his office and I was telling him, you know, the things I want to do with some of the projects I was working on, and he was like, Oh, you're very zealous. You need your masters because nobody's going to respect you. <laughs> and, I was, <laughs> and I was like, dang, that's me. And so and everything that I wanted to do, I'm actually doing now. And I, mm-hmm. I talked to him like, like two weeks ago and he was like, you're ready now. And it's funny because now I don't think I'm ready. I think I have so much more to learn. And then back then, four years ago, I was like, I'm ready. I can do this. And he's like, no, you're not. Yeah. But that's how you know you're not ready. It's kind of like one of those things. I forget where it's at, but it's like, you know, if if you, it's kind of like what they say, like, if you, you're the person that's arguing with the fool, you're actually the dumb one. You know what I mean? So, like, that's kind of like, not to say you're a fool, but, you know, like, I know that's kind of like that thing that, like, we have to remember, like, when you feel like I'm ready, you know what I mean? Like, and most of the time you're not because you're really not prepared. You, in your mind, you've 
you've created this block to where I know everything. And if you feel like you know everything, that's how I feel like you know nothing. You mm-hmm. know what right. I mean? Like, you have to make sure that it's a constant growth pattern for you. Like, when I started writing, I literally, I didn't, I didn't know how to do half of the stuff I do now. I went to school to learn how to write to, like, the proper formatting for writing scripts and getting, like, expanding on my, you know, certain things. I, I appreciate that more than anything, but... When I learned how to write grant proposals or video treatment or anything else that I didn't know, that was self-taught. I sat down. I did my research, and that's something that people need to remember. Do your research. Do your research. Give it a trial run. If you don't like it, you don't like it. I know me, after working at time of PR, that ain't for me. You know what I mean? You can't can't say this is what I want to do, and you never tried it. You've got to give yourself a chance. So do your research. Give, you know, put, put that footwork, put, put that work that you did, hit the ground and see if you really are good. I, I, the best thing about PR to me was the free stuff, but committing, <laughs> committing all of 80 hours in one week, building someone else's brand and you're not doing that for yourself. That's the issue that I had. And some people love that. They love doing that. But for me, it, it it just wasn't for me. I knew what, what I needed to do, what God called me to do. And that just was not it. <laughs> so with that, considering your brand, a part of your brand is expanding. Um, and with Men Are Crazy too, uh, with the, the whole web series idea. Yes, I lie. So, so I, I feel a certain <laughs> way, Lisa coming in. I feel a certain <laughs> way about this title at first. When you were like, men are crazy, I'm like, yo. But then when I was like two, so I was like, yo, she's recognizing that women are crazy. So for, in my mind, it's like, well, you recognize that women are crazy first. So that's what in turn makes men crazy. So because y'all crazy, then we crazy too. So like, where did this whole title come from? Where, where did the whole idea for men are crazy come from? So originally, like, you know, I, I tell half of the story when I tell the story. I tell the good part of it. Um, but I, I guess it's kind of time for me just to, like, really tell the honest truth about it. So at the time, uh, I was in a relationship for about two years. It's even, it probably wasn't, it was a little shorter than two years. We were together for a while. You know, I thought that this was it. And I'm always very reluctant to speak because I care about his character and I care about him, not in a way where it's like, oh my God, I want to be with this guy for the rest of my life still. But it's just like one of those things where like, you know, you, you don't, you don't do anything to tarnish anybody's reputation. You, especially if you cared and loved for somebody at one point, your goal should always be to, to remain in that space. Never let anybody see how bad it got or if it even got that bad. So anyway, you know, we ended up breaking up for our own, whatever reasons it was that we needed. And, um, you know, I, I was very depressed because this was someone that I thought that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. You know, I was, I thought I was as happy as I should have been. Um, but looking back, I realized, you know, I gave a lot of myself to that situation and I kind of lost myself in the middle of it. So, um, you know, we, I cried, I was depressed. I, I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything because I felt like, you know, when you spend so much time with a person and you kind of started mentally adjusting your life with them in it, it's like, how do you bounce back to going back without them in it? You know what I mean? Like, it's hard. It's, it was hard for me. So, you know, mm-hmm. at the time when all of that stuff was going on, I had friends who were going through their own personal breakups and stuff like that. Now, mind you, I didn't really tell anybody that, 
you know, him and I had broken up. So everybody's still calling me like usual, crying to me about their problems. And then, you know, when they were asking me how him and I were doing, that's when I'd be like, oh, well, you know, we're not together right now. We're, we're, we're just not together. And it was just like, oh, my God, you're so strong. You're going through this stuff. And, you know, I don't know how you do it. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, yo, like, as soon as I hang up the phone with y'all, bro, like, I'm pouring tears. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, going through it because... Now, not only am I taking on my own problems, I'm taking on what you just told me too, and I'm I'm dealing with it because I'm in the same emotional state as you. So it's like heightened for me now. You don't get right. it because you only dealing with you, but I'm dealing with you, me, the next person, and the next person. Everybody calling at once. So you know, I think at the time I started writing a, a young adult novel to kind of like get myself back into writing, I didn't want to write. Mm-hmm. And one night, my, a friend of mine, her name is Shalonda, she lives in New York. Her and I were having a conversation about like all the stuff that, you know, crazy stuff that men say and, you know, situations that our friends have been through and that we have been through. And um, she told me one particular story, which I won't share. <laughs> but she told me one particular story about a mutual friend of ours. And it was just kind of like, yo, like, in words are crazy. Like, they're out of their mind. And I was like, oh, the funny thing is, is like, they'll break up with us and they'll go tell their friends, like, bro, she crazy. She out of her mind, dog. Like, let me tell you, like, she won't stop calling me and she won't stop doing this. But the thing that a lot of men don't understand is, like, we only go off of what you guys give us. So if you're making me feel like you love me and that this was it, like, this was the end, like, of course, yes, I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm going to fight for it because my I'm, I'm more emotionally involved than you are. I'm more – I thought about this from all angles, whereas you, you're just looking at this like you made a choice today to wake up and say, well, I don't, I don't want to be with you anymore. It's like there's no fight on the male perspective. So it's like... Oh, no, I ain't going to let y'all... Go ahead, go ahead. It's not always. It's not always. Because there are there are situations where it's reversed. You know what I mean? But I, I think everything is a choice. You wake up one day and you decide, I don't want to love this person anymore. This isn't the best for me. And that's okay that you have to make sure that you find you're happy. But the issue is that, I, which is what makes me think that men are insane, is that you'll break up with us and you'll be like, yo, she's crazy. You'll say all this stuff about us. And then the next thing you know, three months later, three weeks later, two months later, two days later, <laughs> you at our door, sniffing around, talking about, baby, I messed up. Can I come home? Can we work on this? Can we do this? And it's just like, yo, like, what? You know what I mean? Like, you just basically ran me through the mud, dog. Like, now you're talking about, can we work on this? Can we do this? And, like, you know, that wasn't particularly my situation, the last situation that I was in. But I have been in those situations before when you're with someone who's indecisive. And you're like, yo, are you insane? Like, what drugs are you on? Like, you just told me you don't want to be with me. Like, you just literally, like, ran me through the mud. So it just made me realize, like, yo, as much as they say we're the crazy ones, like, y'all are crazy, too. Like, y'all literally. And then you have those situations where, like, men will come by. Look at, um, what's this with Gloria and uh, her, 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 Matt Barnes and Derek. She's like, bro, like, you don't, you're not even with this woman. You drove 95 <laughs> miles. 95 miles. Bro. You got to like, be crazy to maintain anger for that long. That man was going to see his kids. Let him see his kids. That's the story he's going to tell. That's the story he's going to tell. But at the end of the day, he is obsessed with her. That's what it is. He's he's like, now, I I don't think that, you know, there wasn't something involved with the kids, but like, it's her because he, he, that's not the first time he's done some crazy stuff over her. You know what I mean? So it's like, you got to take all of this stuff into account. And I'm just like, yeah, bro, nah, because, 
He got a few L's. He, he didn't took a few L's. But, but love will make you do those types of things. I don't care who you are. Love will make you do the things that you think that you wouldn't do. It'll have you around here cooking and cleaning in your drawers when you don't even, you don't even cook. You know what I mean? It'll have you around here buying your flowers and you don't even like flowers. But love, love will make you do it for the right person. So, you know, that's how basically the title kind of came. And at the time, I was like, yo, this would be a great book. We can all tell our stories, blah, blah, blah. And I think it was probably that same night after we got off the phone. It was late, like 1.30. I went to sleep. It was a Friday or a Saturday. Went to sleep. I had this dream. And when I woke up from the dream, it was like I saw it on TV. And I was like, yo, this, this has to move faster than the book. It has to move faster than the book. Because at the time, you know, I think I had just gotten my, or my first children's book was about to be published. So I was like, oh, I just write another book. But, like, when I had that vision, it was like, no, that's it. Like, this has to be something that's seen. People have to be able to touch this. Like, a book is a book. You can pick it up and read it. We don't read like that, though, unfortunately. Like, people don't read like that as much as they should unless it's something like an entertainment website. You have certain people that read, like, news and stuff, but we don't read as much as we should or as much as we used to unless we have to. Mm-hmm. So I felt like what would be the way for me to get this message out that, of course, God is telling me to do because now I've seen it in a dream. I've talked about it. It comes to fruition. Like, how can I get this out? And the best option for me was to put it out because I could have pitched it to TV stations, but like, you never know how that is. And then when you pitch it to a TV station, sometimes they change everything up about it. I still right. wanted to make sure that my point and my vision got across with the people that could do with the best. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> I'm excited. I looked at the um, trailer and I was, I got a little excited. I was like, this is cool. This is dope. I can't, I can't wait to watch it because, you know, you know, Randall tried to take up for um, the men, but you know, you know, these experiences, you know, it's all crazy too. You know, I can't, I can't hold this down, but I'm But if you got facts though, it doesn't matter how many people against you. No, fact is, you she the, the title it says it all in the title. Men are crazy too. So that means that like we're <laughs> it should be like two W T W O so it can be like, yo, look, one is women and then two are men. <laughs> I heard an old man say, You can't say a woman is crazy if you promise her the world and then she come and run her car through your house. Yeah. He right. <laughs> He's all the way right. Oh, I can't right. say she's crazy because I probably probably promised her a world when I was staying in the two bedroom apartment with a roommate I'm gonna give you a world <laughs> and she knew that you petty uh-uh, you gotta grow up you so petty <laughs> you, you like she knew I was lying so it's her fault right known. I don't invite you. Girl, over you know to my money was straight like exactly. that. Exactly. I'm invited you over to Netflix and chill. I'm we eating my roommate popcorn. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can put your feet on the couch. Nah, nah. My roommate particular about the, the couch. <laughs> <laughs> but he promised me the world. You should have known. I was <laughs> no, girl. He promised you Netflix and chill with his roommate popcorn and his roommate subscription. Exactly. That's about it. And that is my so funny. <laughs> right. That's all we out No, so. I can't find. <laughs> so what do you not. expect from because I see I, I sent the, the uh, clip out to the promo clip out to a lot of people and I got I got some good response people excited about it I personally love web series and I know for a lot of people some people get into web series one of the things that's kind of hard is like you feel like you love that you, you'll love it and then I've seen some web series where they didn't complete a full season 
I'll have just like a couple episodes and then I'm waiting and five months later, the next episode <laughs> come out and it's like, well, dang. So what can people expect from uh, season one of Men Are Crazy 2? And what are some things that you think makes it different from other web series that are out there? It's so funny that you say that because my editor at This Is R&B, that's the first, because we're, we're premiering the each episode on This Is R&B. And the first thing that he said is like, yo, I don't want you to put one out, one episode, and then people are waiting three months. So I need for you to make sure everything is complete before we start putting this up. Right. So <laughs> it is going to be one of those things where, um, you know, I, I've gone back and forth about, okay, well, how long do I want to make each episode? How long do it need to be? Like, well, will this get it across and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, um, one thing that I think people can definitely expect is that it's not going to be too long because this is our our pilot season, quote unquote. So it's, right. each episode isn't going to be like a 30 minute episode because I don't want people to lose attention. I want you to basically exactly. get something quick and you'll be like, oh, okay. Like if you're on your lunch break, you can watch it. Or if you're, you know, doing whatever, like something quick that you can get to and always anticipate more. To where it's right. not like, oh, this this is stupid. Like you, you're good for the first 10 minutes and then the next 10 minutes, you're like, all right, bro, like we could have cut this out. You know what right, I mean? Right. So. I want to make sure that people are attentive and kind of just gauge that and see. This, of course, this is my first big project like this. So it's not like it's one of those things where it's like I know exactly how people are going to react to my stuff and I don't know. So it's all it's all a test for me, for everybody that's involved, even for our site. This is the first time that, honestly, any site, especially that is our type of site, has ever had something like this. So it sets us apart in a way where it's like, wait a minute, so you decided to take your platform that you have and do something totally different with it. This is scripted. Yeah. This ain't no, let me follow you around with a camera type thing. Like, this is scripted. It has a plot. It has a meaning. And another thing that kind of sets us apart from anybody else who decides to do this in the future, if they do, if you do, look, hey, bro, by all means, I, I, I'm flattered. But, like, you know, we decided, I, I made the decision to make the guys and, you know, even women, hopefully in the second season, be singers and songwriters who are R&B artists. So, you know, uh, we have my Sean, who's in it. We have um, a guy named Cameron Corvey, who's an exceptional singer, uh, guitarist. Like, he's great. And we have uh, Troy Taylor, who's very, very, very much a legend and respected in, in the music industry. We have one of his artists, Richard King, who is in it as well. And all three of them are so talented. And it's crazy to see them and, and be fans of their music and see them turn into this different person on screen. It's just like, hey, but I, you know, you can ask me. Did you right, know right. You know, <laughs> I mean, my, my son, yes, because, you know, my son already had that acting experience when he used to play on the ABC Family Show. So, I mean, of course, my son is expected, but, like, to see everybody else is just kind of like, oh, but like, you're kind of good at this. Like, if, if the music don't work out, maybe you should try it, you know? And to have... Um, <laughs> The, the actresses that are part of it, you know, uh, shout out to Donis and Artanza and China, uh, Latasha and, and, and Brianna, all of them are very unique in the way that they present their characters. And, it, and it's very much appreciated for me to see women that embody those characters. So to have them go and like take form of that character, each one of them were, were chosen particularly for their roles because I, I saw a little bit of their role in them. So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, to be able to find that and five, it's, it's five different women that you work with. So it's five different personalities. It's a lot sometimes. And then I'm a woman 
And then some of the women that are on crew, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of women. <laughs> so it is. I mean, it makes you realize, like, hey, bro, we are kind of crazy, but it is one of those things where it's like you're very appreciative to see that there are people out here who care about their craft and care about this, even though it's something brand new. So, uh, you know, one of the things that I really hope people can take from this is that you kind of just are revealed to how you treat yourself, how you treat the people around you, and how you how you treat your partner and relationships. I think, you know, as women, we're very hard on ourselves because sometimes men expect so much out of us. You expect for me to be slim all the time. You expect for me to be this woman that you see on TV. When you knew when you got with me, bro, I love donuts. I Look love at our donut sticks. Look at our mama. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm you know everything. what I mean? Like, bro, like, you, you, can't, you can't get with me knowing that my purse was filled with ho-hos and ding-dongs, and then now that we together, you looking at me like, all right, bro, so when you going to put down a ho-ho and pick up a, 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 a rap? No, man, like, no, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, you have to understand that you, you can, you can, you can date perception, but you're marrying reality. You Say know what that. I mean? Like whatever it is, like if, if you if you think, oh, you know, he has the potential to be such a great man, baby. Listen, you could date that potential all day, but if he ain't got it together by the time he proposed, he ain't gonna get it together. And that's vice versa, man. Too. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like you, you can date whatever you feel like you want this person to be, but at the end of the day, when it happens, like this is this this is what you get. What you see is what you get. Now, I, I think that, you know, there are ways to improve one another, but don't try to force it upon me because that's what you want. That's selfish. To me, that's selfish. So it's like, you know, I hope that people kind of get, they gather, you know, maybe there's a different way that I can approach a situation in my relationship, whether that's with right. your homegirl or that's with your spouse or whether that's even with yourself. Women struggle with a lot of insecurities that are sometimes brought upon by men or brought upon by how hard we are on ourselves. So, and even for men, this isn't a show that's just for women. I mean, some things, some topics, men are going to be like, yo, this is some, this is female stuff. But I would hope that when they, you know, take a deep, a deeper look that they kind of understand that, you know, maybe that's something that I need to work on the things that I say to women. Cause men, y'all, y'all go for the jugular. When y'all come for us, y'all, y'all do it to hurt us. So it's like, well, maybe there's something else that I can say that isn't hurtful to her and kind of like say it in a different way to where, okay, I want you to work on your weight, but maybe we can, maybe I can say instead of, hey, bro, you getting a little fit, maybe I could be like, hey, babe, I'm going to the gym. Do you want to come with me? I'll pay, you know, I'll, we can get a gym membership together and coordinate to where y'all are going together. You know, something like I that. So all hoping- fairness, I need you to stop asking me if you look fat. Like, if you have to ask that question... <laughs> Just, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've learned that, you know, that's not a question that you answer. You'd be like, nah, nah, but just don't ask me. If you ask me if I look fat, and then I'd be like, yeah, you kind of gained some weight. You call me fat. Why are you right, me? Right, right. Like, don't ask me the question. <laughs> yeah, you got to know. If you don't want no real answer, don't ask no real question. If you want somebody to sugarcoat and babysit you and, you know, like, feed you out of the bottle, then then you that's what you do. Babe. Tell me I look good. Okay, well, I'll tell you that you look good. If you want me to ask you, do you look fat? I'm going to tell you, yes, you look fat. That's not flattering on you. <laughs> no, nah, but I appreciate you, you you mentioning the fact that the web series is not j- just for women. It's geared towards men, too. Like, I sent it to uh, one of my homeboys, and he was like, yeah, I'll check it out. 
he was like a lot of these web series, man. It's just like it's like female stuff. It's just like it's like chick flicks, you know, that's shortening. And I'm like, well, you know, I, of course, because I support. I love when people are creating new things. I support you. I know that you're a good writer. I believe in your talent. So I'm like, no, this is gonna be dope. But I think it's important that you have, you know, these artists, these male R&B artists that are coming in and they're give, that are giving a men perspective. You know what I'm saying? And even if it's a perspective, mm-hmm. if we watch it and it's something that we disagree with. We know it's out there. You know what I'm saying? So we understand how to play it. One of the things that I, I appreciate and I'm really looking forward to is like when I think about the web se- when I think about this series, I think about, you know, the days of the 90s when to me, it was a lot of sitcoms out and the sitcoms were about things that you can relate to. Like, you know, I love Martin because Martin always remind me of my dad and my stepmom. They were like a mm-hmm. youthful cu- couple. They had good times. They had friends that they hung out with. But they were really like, it, it was just kind of like they, they were going through their struggle and stuff that I couldn't understand. But they still played together. They traveled. They would have a good time. Right. Like, I remember sometimes we would like surprise. We surprise. One time we surprised my dad for his birthday, and then another time my dad had us like take my stepmom some flowers to her lunch, and then we like took her out for lunch and just all of this stuff that was like that's, that's so stuff sweet. that people do. Yeah, people do in like real life, like. I appreciate the shows out there and not to knock anybody. I think everything has its lane, but I say it all the time. Like how to get away with murder is cool, but realistically, I don't know nobody that's murdering nobody in my life. And if yeah. I do, I'm like I'm trying to get away from you, yo, because I ain't trying to die. Like it's a dope show, but like at the end of the day, I don't really know no people that's murdering folk like that. That's not like a real thing. So I'm just looking forward to this is something that's that's realistic and it's something that I can relate to and something that's like Oh, that's how, that's life for real. That's really the young professional's life. That's kind of how mm-hmm. things are. This. I think one of the biggest things that I I don't really watch TV that much, but you know I do have I do have my. If anybody follows me on Snapchat or follows me like really on Snapchat, because that's why I talk the most. I don't really talk on like Instagram and all that stuff, but you know that I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I am a Hulu fan every <laughs> night. I'm watching three, four, five hours of Buffy. Ain't nothing else going on. That's how it is because, and it's not just because I, I've been a fan since 97, literally. I've been a fan for almost <laughs> 20 years. I have been like a big fan, but it's because I study. I study. Josh Whedon is so, he's very interesting to me. Like everything that he does, he's done so much. And to see his mind put stuff in place. And mind you, this is almost 20 years ago. And this stuff is still able to leave like a lasting impression on me. I think I was like, you know, what, five, six, seven when this came out? So, no, like nine. I was like nine. But to to go back and always be able to study what somebody else does, their camera cuts, the way that they decided to write that specific line, you know, that's part of the reason why I watch it too, because I'm always studying. But I've noticed that like, for us minorities and, you know, blacks and and even women, like there's really nothing positive out for us on TV right now. And I think, you know, one of the things that I was most adamant about is being able to tell our story in a way that is relatable. And just to kind of show people that like, you know, for me, I'm a Christian and I have no issue telling people that I'm a Christian. Yes. I still mess up. Yes. I still curse. Like, ain't like I'm somebody's drunk uncle at the reunion. That's still stuff I got to work on. Of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I wanted to be able to show people that even if you're doing work for the Lord, you're still, you're still, still mess up. And I think that this show does a good job at representing the fact that like, yo, we're going to mess up. You're going to mess up. You could pray. You could, 
you could run three miles every day, you could have your mind right, you and God could have the best relationship as far as whatever is concerned. You could go to church, you could pay your tithes, but no matter what, you're not perfect. And I think that that's something that I wanted to be able to show without showing us out here, like, busting it wide open, fighting each other, or, you know, like, <laughs> doing stuff that is not a good representation of women of color. And, I, and that's not to say anything about any other show, anybody else that's out here doing their thing, because I think that there are some great, there's some great content out here, and it's very entertaining. But one, one thing that I did notice that we are missing is that positivity. I mean, I could be wrong. Somebody could look at it and, and spin it and be like, well, let me tell you why love and hip-hop is positive. You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody could find a way to spin it. Now I mean, that is. people have their reasoning. You know what I mean? Like, And, of course, people could look at this and be like, well, this is just a show that's talking bad about men. Like, you know, people are always going to have their opinions, and, and I'm prepared for that. But I think the most important thing to me, even if one person watches this show, I know that I've touched one person. If I have a continued fan throughout everything and it's just one or five people, I've done my job because I've made sure that people are paying attention to the positive things that are going on. Everybody ain't going to like everything that you do. But as long as you have one person that you're touching, you've done your job. And I feel like that's the thing that I'm setting out to do with this. Amen. Yeah, dope. I, I, I'm a, look. I'm looking forward to it. the The premiere is Wednesday, right? Tw- Wednesday the twenty first, right? Yes, Wednesday the twenty first at seven thirty on thisisrmd.com. I'm excited, but a little nervous. They say if you're not nervous, then you know you ain't you ain't got it right. So you got to make sure that you got to look. You know, good nerves going on. So right. <laughs> so trying to get my life together. <laughs> what we want to do is we want to do we want to get into a fireball round with you now this is going to be a series of questions um that's going to be pretty random you can answer them off the cuff if you need a minute you can but we just it's just off the top of your dome just so people can get to know a little bit more about Nikesia and about who she is and i believe that since this is your art aspects, certain aspects of you will be through your artwork so maybe people will see some of this stuff throughout the season uh, of Men Are Crazy too, So we're going to start it off. I'll get up. Well, Lisa, you can kick it off with the uh, fire round. So Apple or Android? Apple all the way. Fried chicken or steak? You said fried chicken or what? Fried chicken or steak? Oh, fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> no. It don't take too long to process in your system. Nope. I'll go with chicken. <laughs> Twitter or Instagram? Instagram, without a doubt. What's the one candy you can't live without? Red Hot. Red Hot. Um, so, fun fact is every time that I'm stressed or like if I'm on set, I have to have a bag of Red Hot in a Pepsi, like an ice cold Pepsi. But I have to have <laughs> the Red Hot in the bag and not the ones in the box. The ones in the bag taste better than the ones in the box. Yeah, I prefer it's the same Coke. Product, though, right? It's- it's not the same? It's- no, definitely not okay. the same. <laughs> it's, like, a little more, it's a little more potent in the bag. It's a little more potent in the bag. When I'm stressed, I drink a Coke. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm up yeah. to about five Cokes a day. I'm just oh, joking. no, no, no. That's not good. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's only one. <laughs> it's only one. That's it's only still one. too much. You got to cut that down. You got to have like one a week. You can't have one a day. That's not good for you. I know. I was on water. Yeah. Maybe I need to start drinking. <laughs> 
Lisa, like, I, I, I. <laughs> I'm gonna start drinking. That's what I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't do that now. Nah, stick with the coke. I'll, I'll stick with the coke. <laughs> will you pay for your first? Will you pay for the first date? Uh, I think it depends on who asks. Like, I have no issue paying for myself. Let me keep this correct. I have no issue paying for myself if I say, "All right, well, you trying to go here and do this? I'll pay for myself." That's that's us. We going as friends, but I'm not paying for you. But I think that if you go out your way to seek me and ask me on a date, like, I, I do think that it's only fair that you pay. I have no problem paying for myself. And as we continue to move forward in a relationship, I'll, I'll pay for you. I, if I got the money, as long as I ain't poverty-stricken and broke, I don't mind paying for <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind paying. But you better know that if I, if I am on a budget, we going straight to Wendy's to get off of that good dollar menu. Please understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not above cu- yeah I'm not above coupons I don't have no issues with somebody pulling out a coupon nope. groupon nope. two for one for real oh, I have no issue I, I got in the mail this uh place I got like in the past I never checked my mail but I got like five different free out of burgers free entrees free appetizers from place and I was like look I'm stocking these mugs up I'm about to go for real <laughs> to make it happen that's what um, we need them for real Netflix and chill or Hulu and chill Hulu what depends wait okay so let me back up I'm a, I'm I love Hulu because Hulu has the shows like they have right. all the shows. Netflix yeah. has more so movies unless they're original content that they put on right, there. Right, right. So it depends. If we're trying to watch a movie, I'm going to go with Netflix because I got subscription. Well, I don't. I, <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't tell your secret. Don't tell Everybody you. got no. somebody else code. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I know I ain't using my own. Shout out to my sister because if it wasn't for her, I don't have no cable. I refuse to pay for cable. It's not going to happen. Shout out to my sister and, my, and her husband because if not, I'll be over here dead. My little brother had a Hulu subscription, but I'm in the middle of watching my Buffy episode, and it goes off, and it tells me, you ain't got no subscription no more. So I call my brother. I'm like, yo, like, what happened? He's like, oh, I canceled it. I wasn't watching it. Like, bro, well, I was. You know what I mean? Like, you thought my Buffy episodes ain't Cuban? Like, what's going on? So I, I have, I'm going to have to pay to put Hulu back because I'm, like, having withdrawals right now. So I'm, I'm going to have to put Hulu back. But, like, shout out to my brother and my sister for holding me down and making sure I have all of my stream stuff. So, you know, over here, it's like the last of luxury. I, whatever you want, baby. Look, I got my popcorn ready. I got my Project Pop popcorn ready. I got my Netflix and Hulu. You just pick what you want. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? Um. So one of the things that I have, well, it's, I have a story from high school, but I think I don't want to tell that. I don't know if I want to tell that. Um, <laughs> so I think I think probably the most. Um, no, nah, I guess I probably will go with that because I. Well, maybe, I was gonna say, or maybe something embarrassing that you do. Maybe something that like you do by yourself. That's like if people knew I did this, this kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we yeah, all. I'm have not I'm not telling nobody that because there, there are very embarrassing things that I do where I'm like, bro, like, come on, bro. Um, I think uh, something embarrassing that I've probably done is this one time I was in, um, I want to say I was in college. 
and I was walking, I lived on the third floor, and I was walking down the stairs, and my shoe, um, no, scratch that. It was All-Star Weekend. It was All-Star Weekend, and I was working media in Orlando, because that's, that's the year we had it, 2012, and I had went and got these cheap pair of shoes because I needed them. It was last minute. My, um, You know the little, the little thing that goes on the bottom of the shoe that keeps it to where it's not like, Sli- oh, what is that called? Flatten the uh, sole? Like on the back of the heel. You know what I'm talking about? Like the little little rubber like thing that goes tap. on the bottom of the heel. The t- it's yeah, like a tap. so my cap. Tap. Right. So the cap that I had that was on the shoes that I that I originally wanted to wear, it came off and it was too late for me to go take it to get it fixed. It had worn down. I had to go buy like a cheap pair of shoes. They were like fifteen dollars. They were some cute shoes though. So I was out there, you know, I'm, it was back then there was a club called Roxy and I was at Roxy and I'm swerving through the crowd. It was like, I think Meek Mill or Chris Brown or whoever, somebody big was there that night and the tickets were like $150 to get in. So of course I was media. So I just walked through the crowd. So I'm there the whole night. I'm chilling. I walk down the stairs. The next thing I know, my whole heel on the shoe just says, Boop, breaks. I'm like, Oh my God, what am I supposed to do? It was, when I tell you, I've never seen a club so packed. That club was wall to wall. And I'm thinking to myself, and I mean, it's, it's 1.15 and people are still lined up outside to come in. So it ain't even like I could like walk outside without nobody seeing me with this broken heel. Y'all, I was so embarrassed. I didn't even drive my car that night. So it wasn't like, I usually always have an extra pair of shoes in my car. I had to drive. I like, we left the club and I'm like on the outside of my homegirl, like, please, please just hold my arm, hold my arm. Cause I'm like limping one foot up, one foot down. I'm like, please just hold my arm. So nobody sees that like my shoe broke. I I can't deal with this. Drove home, got another pair of shoes, came back. And when I came back, the club was letting out. I was like, oh my God. So that was. That was kind of an embarrassing moment for me because <laughs> I, 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 I always envision, like, people who break their heels. Like, of course, like, you always think, oh, she got them cheap heels on. And at that time, like, my che- my shoes really were cheap. So it was <laughs> 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 that was a, That was probably one embarrassing thing that happened to me for the first time I actually had a shoe break. But I have a lot of embarrassing things because I'm a clutch, so... <laughs> I honestly truthfully though I think we all I, I think we all do like I when I sit here and think about some of the stuff that I do by myself it's kind of like dang man people would really if folks got to see me do some stuff by myself this would be real, real embarrassing like this is I don't yeah. think it's like made for TV type stuff but if you got like a little clip a little sound bite it, it'll be kind of like yeah this dude kind of crazy <laughs> <laughs> so people for everybody that wants to uh, follow the show that wants to follow you on social media, how can people get in contact with you? How can people follow Men Are Crazy too? Um, so, of course, uh, we have all Facebook, Instagram, and um, Twitter. Our handles on Instagram and Twitter are at Men Are Crazy 2, and our like page on Facebook is Men Are Crazy 2. Um, my personal account is at KCP, which is K-E-S-I underscore P on um, Facebook, not on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter, and then of course, always, always follow. This is R and B. Um, this is R and B on Instagram and Twitter, and then this is R and B dot com on Facebook. So definitely check us out. Um, we have everything that you need when it comes to R and B. So make sure you hit up the site if you're not already familiar with it, and um, you know, just stay tuned for everything we got going on. 
and I'm vouching for this as R&B because to stay up with, like, I, I was one of those people that was saying R&B is so sad. Nobody making R&B music no more. It's frustrating. <laughs> Go to this and R&B. We got some good people out there that's making some real solid, some real solid music. And when my yeah, album definitely. come out, I definitely want to submit it on there. Oh, yeah, girl. Oh, we'll premiere it. We'll do whatever well, we need to uh, make it yeah. good. <laughs> um, so, Lisa, um, <laughs> you know how people have been blackballed from, like, the music industry. Well, Lisa never produced the album, but they've already blackballed it. <laughs> and we support it over here. We just, you know, we love Lisa. Music. That's okay, Lisa. I'll get you popping again. Don't yeah. worry. I'll get you popping Auto-tune. Again. Her music, you know. <laughs> Don't do her like that. Mm-mm. We put this on the uh, on the, the hand clapping ministry. Then she she couldn't stay on that ministry. <laughs> so now we just got her on the preaching ministry. She that uh-uh. preaches. Lisa, you couldn't clap on beat, friend. I don't. Yeah, I struggle with that. Like <laughs> even at church today, um, I just had to stop clapping because the music got too fast. <laughs> and be like that sometimes. I know. I know the struggle. <laughs> well, Keezy, thank you so much for joining us here on Brunch Culture. We will definitely be supporting Men Are Crazy Too, watching it throughout the season. Um, if you, if we can get you back on to share, if we can get some of the cast members back on Brunch Culture just to talk about their experience or maybe some things that are doing, let us know. Like we're we're definitely excited about it here at Brunch Culture. We love seeing young professionals doing their things, chasing their dreams, and inspiring other young professionals to do great things. I, All of our listeners, make sure you follow Kesey. She, she's a writer. She's a creative. She has a children's book this, this holiday season. If you have some nieces and nephews or even children of your own, make sure you grab the books. It's called The Cuddles, right, Kesey? Yes. So the first one that we dropped was last December, and it was a Cloudables rhyming ABC book. It, it was actually kind of one of my favorite things to write, but moving forward i want to say i, I don't want to i, I want to say we're going to have the the actual storybook with uh it's called the adventures of me the night and it's still a cloud under the cloudables um still under the cloudables but it's, it's just a specific story about one kid i would like to say that it'll be out in december but i want to lie to y'all and get y'all excited but right now we're on target for a december release date but you know, as I get more information, I'll let you guys know. But I, that's actually the Timmy the Night one has been my favorite one out of everything that I've written. So, um, you know, I hope that it every I'm, I'm praying that everything lines up well. I know that the show, of course, is going to be great because it you can't fail as long as you try. So I feel like you know, the best thing is, is at least I'm putting it out. So uh, it's a process, but. I just encourage everyone to definitely go after stuff. Like, don't let someone tell you that you can't do it. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do it all because you can't. You just have to do it in in time periods. You just have to stay focused and stay consistent. So I really encourage everybody to go after whatever it is. That one thing that you've been holding on to for the longest, like, go after it. You have to. You never know if it works or not. I love it. I love it. Well, Kesey, thanks so much. We'll be following you. Thank you, guys. guys make sure y'all check out everything. That's Men Are Crazy Too. This is R&B. Cloudables. Follow Kesey. Follow Brunch Culture. Just make yes. sure you guys are staying connected. And we are excited about it. And, yeah, thanks, Kesey. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. I hope you were inspired by um, Nikesia's story. Um, make sure you 
to check out all our past episodes at www.brunchculturebc.com. You can subscribe on iTunes and on iHeartRadio by searching Brunch Culture. And you can follow us on Twitter at Brunch Culture, on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture, and on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Brunch Culture. And you can also also write us an email at BrunchCultureBC at gmail.com. And remember, at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion. <laughs>